Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to the sixth episode of the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, we'll give you our thoughts on how every single AFC team did during the 2022 NFL Draft. And first, well, we always hit some news and notes. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well. How you doing there, Bobby? I'm all right. I had a little dental work done today, so I got this weird numbed mouth thing going. So if I uh, start slurring my words or drooling on myself, please let me know. Well, you drool on yourself more often anyway, so we'll uh, we'll let that one slide. But the slurring, maybe I'll mention it. All right. So if I get the St. Bernard look going, that's what I need to know. Also, excessive drool. That's what I'm worried about. Excessive drool. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. I'll, I'll be on the lookout. Well, last week you told me you wanted me to go back and look at Danny Gray, receiver from SMU. I did it, and I came away feeling the same as I did. He's fast. I'll give you that. I didn't see a lot of wiggle, though. He, you know, not real shifty player. He looked like a guy that was faster than the other guys around him, but that's it for me. Uh, He only went over 100 yards twice in the season. I looked that up as well. So I'm still sticking with my he's going to be average at best. We may hear his name here and there but I still think Calvin Austin was the correct pick uh, at that point in the draft. I buy what you're selling. I don't think he's necessarily going to be an all pro player, but I just think where he went and you know what, what he can do and what he can offer stretch in the field. I just think there's an opportunity. This guy could really put up some numbers. I'd be good in a dynasty league. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know when you would pick him again. I'd still pick. Calvin Austin ahead of the guy we've been yeah, talking about. So would about. I. So would I. Uh, I do have an apology. I can't – I apologize for this little tidbit of information I did not bring up last week. But did you hear about Sam Howe's dietary preferences? I did not. He said that he has never eaten a steak or a burger. He doesn't eat red meat. He's never even tried a bite. He orders chicken tenders at steakhouses. And brings his own tendies with him when going somewhere else, like to somebody else's house for a cookout. We'll bring his own tendies. And now I know why he fell to the fifth round. You think it's simply his eating habits? Kevin, <laughs> these are football players. They eat red meat. They, they don't bring chicken tenders to friends' houses. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I've never done that in my life either but i do love me some dinosaur nuggets my little lady ate the heck out of those growing up and i'll be honest i i like to dip them in honey but i'd much rather have a nice steak on the grill yeah i agree i also don't need to know about anything you like to dip in honey you don't Um, like honey on your nuggets i've been doing that since i was a kid okay wrong with you I do enjoy honey on my nuggets, but I, I don't necessarily need to talk about what I dip in honey with you, Kevin. Okay, but we need to talk about you drooling like a St. Bernard. I, I'm trying to, uh, you know, not embarrass myself on camera here. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you. Let me ask you this. Why does he not eat red meat? Is he Hindu? Is he just... I, I, I don't know. I didn't hear... He, he had a pet cow when he was young and feels bad no, no, that's that's all I heard, and I kind of quit listening after. Well, that. you need to dig deeper into this because I think people want to get to the bottom of this. I mean, you—that's a big matzo ball you're leaving hanging out there, big boy. I'll dig. 
I will dig yeah, deeper please do. Please do. into the Sam Howell chicken. Uh, you please got do. It. While we're at it, we should pour one out for Tariq Cohen. Poor fella coming back wow. from a torn ACL, videotaping how well his workout's going and pops his Achilles. So poor guy. What? That's probably going to be it for him. A mess. Already I missed know. the last year and a half because of an injury. Finally back in shape, hoping to get a spot, just returning a punt here and there. And yoink, snap, done. And for the world so to see him. live. I know. It, I mean, Gosh, what, what can you say? I know. I know. Um, I can say that I'm pretty pumped. So excited, in fact, that I'm wearing my Eagles Super Bowl champion T-shirt because yeah, I'm would. that excited about the newest signing of cornerback James Bradbury. One year, $10 million deal to my Eagles. I understand that it's probably going to turn out like most of the other free agent acquisitions the Eagles get, especially a cornerback, the Namdi Asamoahs, the Byron Maxwells, whatever. I'm excited now this 9.19 p.m. on May 18th. I'm pumped about it. Don't you dare try to bring me down. Well, why would I? I texted you today. Well, you mentioned to me I was actually mowing at the time. Um, so I got your text. I looked real quick, saw that the sign. First of all, I love the price. The price is maybe even a deal for, for the Eagles. I, I like the price. And one year, make and prove it. Didn't have a stellar year last year. But I wrote to you, might be the final piece to winning the NFC East. And you wrote back, you took the words out of my mouth. He really might be. If he's 75% of what he was, that's good enough in that division to be the missing link. Especially, It's a great signing. It's a great signing. I, 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 It sort of came out of nowhere. I don't remember seeing, reading, hearing, seeing on Twitter, anything, anywhere that this was even in the works. So it, it's great. I mean, it, it could really change the dynamic of that division. I'm not going to say necessarily they're Super Bowl winners now, but right. the, I think that might have put them that one little step ahead of the Cowboys now. Uh, Darius Slay on the other side, he was PFF's, I think, seventh-ranked cover corner last year. So, I mean, you uh, that is quite a one-two punch. Definitely the best in the NFC East as far as cornerbacks go. Oh, yeah. Top two guys. So, very excited about that. Uh, and one more thing that I have before we get into breaking down our AFC draft is a little, I think, and I think we should do this every episode, maybe one fun little get your bell rung fact, something I stumbled upon the other day. I posted it on Twitter, but Amari Cooper is one year older than Terry McLaurin. McLaurin is entering his fourth season. Cooper is entering his eighth. It's crazy. That is insane because I feel like McLaurin just got here and I feel like Cooper's been here forever. I had no idea they were one year apart. I wouldn't have known that either. Wild. Yeah, no Wild. idea. I don't know. If, and those guys, you know, in fantasy drafts, they're taking, I mean, probably within five receivers of each other. They're, you know, they're close right there, right there, you know, wide receiver twos, probably McLaurin, you could argue maybe a back end wide receiver one. Um, you know, depending on how that situation plays out. But I thought yeah. that was a pretty interesting fact. You know, Cooper's been in the league so long that I don't even remember where he went to college. Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. It seems like he's been around forever. Almost a decade. Wow. Think about that. He's been in the league almost a decade. He's one year older than Terry McLaurin, who feels like he was a rookie 
just, you know, two years ago. Did you say it feels like he was a rookie two years ago? Correct. I think he was a rookie two years ago, wasn't he? Well, this is year three four for him. So yeah. Okay. Three so years. three years ago, but it but, feels I mean, like two years ago. Well, yeah. It's, he's a young guy. <laughs> that whole year. <laughs> a year's a long time. It really threw you off. <laughs> it, big time. Big time. Big wrench in the spokes. Oh, dude. All right, buddy. AFC East, Buffalo Bills. As much as the fantasy player in me wanted the Bills to take Brees Hall in the first round or Kenneth Walker, either one, you know, I'm a Kenny Walker guy. I love that they took Kyir Elam with a 23rd pick. Uh, I think we called that in our mock draft, actually. Uh, they also took James Cook running back from Georgia in the second. That helped lessen the fantasy sting of not getting our first round running back. But before the dude even put his Buffalo Bills hat on, the Buffalo Brass came out and said, yeah, this guy's not a workhorse. He's only a third down back, which sucks for Cook. Because during the, bra- the draft process, he came out and said, he had, I got the skill set. I want to be a one-man show. Let's do it. But apparently that will not be in the cards for him at the NFL level. Uh, Shakir, wide receiver from Boise State, they took. He got a comp to a Monroe St. Brown, which is not bad if he can you know, have a rookie year, even a sophomore year next year. Uh, similar to what Amon Ra had. And then the cornerback, Christian Benford, they took it 185. Solid player, smart player from Maryland. But uh, I don't know that he has a top-end speed that's needed to, to cover these guys in the AFC East. Uh, yeah, I gave them an A-minus overall because they really hit their needs. They got the Elam, who they said they were targeting all along. That's that's yep. the guy they wanted there. The, the dude walks around with a notebook, takes notes everywhere he goes, yeah. every meeting, so, everything. Love it. And, and he's got, obviously, he's got that NFL pedigree in the family. Cook was great to get him where they did at 63 and not reach for Brees that early. That's great. But, yeah, we, we talked about this on our earlier podcast about players being typecast before they ever even step foot on the field. The guy has no chance to ever be a workout workhorse uh, uh, running back. It's just not going to happen. And that that whole thing's a mess there and how they use everything. And the simple fact that short their short yardage back is their quarterback. So you wouldn't even have that anyway. But the guy's going to catch some passes. This offense is going to be just rock. I mean, defensive coordinator nightmare. Um, my My favorite pick of theirs is the punt god. <laughs> who, in fact, last year set a new NCAA record, averaging 51.19 yards per punt. Literally named the punt god. So I'm loving that. I mean, that's great. That's another thing. That's those little things that you do that make it so you can jump the Chiefs, make it so you can jump the Chargers, the Bengals, the whoever else is going to be great in, that, in the AFC. You get an extra five yards out of a punt. You know, six times a game, that's an extra 30 yards of, uh, of field position. So little things like that, it's, yeah, it's huge. Agree. So so but, I, I liked it. They hit the things they did. I now officially am on the Bills bandwagon, and I think they've officially passed the Chiefs as the front runner in the AFC. How do you, how do you not love the Bills? I mean, even their fans are, are great. Oh, yeah. They're just – they're cold and they're miserable all year long, but they love their team. They crush sausages at tailgates and break tables. It's They have a wonderful fan base. I love it. Their fan base is great for one really specific reason. When they lose, they support them even harder than when they win. 
where almost every other fan base is death threats and this and that and the other. And I'm burning jerseys in the front yard because they lost a freaking football game. The Bills rally, the, the fans rally around the players. And it's so cool to interact. Like the players do so much with the fans and the community. It's like they're all just part of the team. I, I got it. a guy down the street from me that he, uh, he goes to three or four games a year up there. He's just diehard Bills guy, but actually goes up. Good for him. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll say about Cook is a lot of people are talking about, well, he's a pass catching back, and they don't like throwing the football to their, their running backs. Between Singletary and Moss last year, they had 82 targets. I wouldn't say – I mean, that's nothing to shake a stick at there, right? No, we got that's, – that's, that's a decent amount of targets. And maybe they didn't like throwing the ball to those running backs. They might like throwing it to Cook. They might. And, and the thing is, when you have an offense like that, and they have a pretty strong defense too, I've seen the Buffalo one defense the ranked in some places number one going no, they were last year. The preseason. Yeah, ranked number one overall. So their offense has so many opportunities that you can't help but, but be on field. I think they were either one or two in the league last year in offensive plays. So you can't help but get opportunities. And they right. wouldn't, I don't think they'd have went so high with him if they didn't plan on using him. I'd say Zach Moss's days are extremely numbered man he he might be out of there this, this year man he might next up miami well they started by giving this year's first second and fourth round pick plus a fourth and a sixth round pick next year yep. in order to acquire tyreek hill from kansas city they only had four picks and they used one of them on a seventh round quarterback so tough to really nail a draft now granted you factor tyreek in here tyreek hill in here i get that but when you really only had three picks, because he got a starting QB and a seventh-round quarterback, he's probably maybe practice squad. But really the only impact player I could find was Channing Tindall. He's yeah. a linebacker from, you guessed it, the team we've been talking about nonstop, Georgia. Um, it's tough to figure out where he'll be or what he'll be considering all the talent that he played with at Georgia. Like He looked good sometimes, but, again, everybody on that defense looked good. Worst case, though, this guy's going to be on all the special teams. So he's going to make an impact in one phase of the game. I'm not sure what kind of spot he'll find on the defensive side of the ball. It was an odd pick. He's fast, flies all over the place. But I'm pretty sure, I correct me if I'm wrong, I may have read that he never started a game there. Never. I I think that's true. I'm, I'm not one to never say never. But if I was putting my money on it, I'm almost positive um, that's what I read as well. Right. He did not start a game. He was always the backup to, to Dean and Walker. It, it just seems when you've only got four picks and your first one's not even to 102, that you might want to at least pick a guy who tended to start in college. Now, now we know George's – Second, number two defense, their whole second string was probably as good as half the teams in, in the NCAA. But still, so odd with all the players that were picked after him. I, I don't get it. Um, the receiver they got, Ezekanma, everything I read, stone hands. Straight stone hands, made no sense. And I just can't trust anybody named Skyler. I've tried for years. But if your name's Skyler, you got one strike against you for, from me. So I gave these guys name a, another Skyler that you don't like. Like why you? Well, I'm not going to name the Skyler. I know like three, three or four Skylers I've met in my life. I'm not going to give their whole name and sell them out here on this. I, well, I, I didn't realize these were personal friends of yours that you. Well, they're not so my much. personal friends because they're named Skyler. 
Okay. Boy. I mean, <laughs> so Fair I enough. gave them a C just for the draft, but I gave them a B overall. Because you can make the argument that they have the best one-two receiver group in the freaking league. You With really could between Tyreek and Waddle, if not if not the fastest. You know, and we've wow. seen this thing where he got Tyreek this viral video where he got underthrown last week from two. Like, really? Like that doesn't happen a thousand times in preseason practice, receivers getting underthrown. But that said, I'm still really worried about Tua, man. These guys are one strong quarterback away from being a serious contender. But, yeah, this draft was – it was less than stellar. And, man, they gave up so much. They did. That they is – why? What, what – you have your little chart. What did your little chart say about – I can't imagine the numbers were even close to in Miami's favor. I would have to go back and look at pre-draft where each of them were picking and then have to do crunch the numbers. I can, I'll let us know next week, or I'll post it I'll post it on the Facebook page. Okay. Well, when you have the numbers, are they just straight draft slots? How do you factor in an all-pro player for draft picks? Is, is, is it even work no, what, that way? No, well, what you do is you would add up the draft picks that were used. So, like, for Devontae Adams, if you added up the draft capital that was used, uh, it would equal – it came to be, like, the 11th or 12th overall pick is what it equaled. Okay. So you would definitely use that pick on Devontae Adams. Right. So that's that's kind of how that uh, that math works. But this for, seems uh, excessive. For a right. This seems – it really seems like a lot. But, hey, if it works out, it works right. out. Uh, they've got a solid team. Well, as, as far as odd drafts go, not to be outdone by their AFC East counterparts, uh, the Patriots were the Patriots, again, year after year. They take Cole Strange in the first round that obviously we we talked about uh, Sean McVay and the Rams laughing, thinking that they were going to get him maybe a pick 104, 102, wherever they picked, and the, the Patriots took him at, what, 28 or something like that. Now, if the goal 29. is to draft – okay. If the goal is to draft starting players, the Patriots probably did that because they're going to find creative ways to use these guys. I don't think anyone – drafts towards their scheme better than Belichick. Um, but I'm not sure they needed to be drafted where they were. Like Cole Strange was a reach. Then in the second round, they go get Tyquan Thornton from Baylor. The dude 6'2 and ran a 4-2-8-40. That's unheard of. It still was a reach where they got him. And it's an odd pick. I, he, have the Patriots ever drafted a player like that? Tall, skinny, flies down the field and I mean, Matt it, Jones, it doesn't matter what receiver they pick. They all they all bomb. That's true. They did take back to back corners, Marcus Jones and Jack Jones, Jones brothers here. But uh, again, they they're not they don't have a ton of recognition behind they're them. Small. Now, they're not they might big be guys good. either. J.C. Jackson went undrafted and he's a stud that New England picked up and developed. So I don't know. They obviously know something we don't know or they're absolutely as clueless as everyone thinks they are and unfortunately our boy pierre strong man that's their best pick by the death he was but it it sucks that that's where he went yep because they have they have him damian harris james white ramaje stevenson jj taylor they even drafted another running back from south carolina kevin harris they did i don't know how many running backs you need on a team but good grief they got enough yeah todd they they 
that whole thing fantasy wise drives us all nuts. I guess it's great for them. You always have a fresh workhorse, but you and I talked earlier in the week, any given week, uh, Pierre Strong could go out there and have 17 rushes for 190 yards and three touchdowns. And the next week he won't dress. That's correct. <laughs> That's check. Now we're the good. Thornton thing really throws me off, but the strange around and a half early. I think I told you really, like everything in here is around and a half early, but like Thornton, the Thornton was picked before uh, Alec Pierce, George Pickens, Sky Moore. Wow. wow. Did anybody anywhere have him going before all those guys? What, what do they know that. about him? It's just, I, I don't, I don't understand. Is it the speed thing? What is, is Al Davis there? Like in the background, yeah, he come back is, from the right. dead and he's running the Patriots now. I mean, I don't. Since when is Belichick enamored with speed? That's never I know. happened. The, the, this whole thing made no sense. And again, some we've discussed is, is Belichick now just drafting intentionally bad just so he can try to prove to the world that you're all idiots. And I'm going to make these nobodies into great players and I'm going to win a Super Bowl anyway. So I gave him a C minus. I think they had the the worst draft in the entire NFL because at it least made they, no sense. At least they drafted a backup quarterback at one thirty seven. Bailey Zappi. He projects to be a long term backup. Every human being that watched this guy play was like, yeah. "Yep, you know what? He's gonna be a really good backup for a long time." It's so odd. And Kevin Harris might all start off. He might be their goal line back from the start. He's a bruiser. Yeah, but so is Damian Harris. Yeah, so I know. They, Stevenson. <laughs> You, and you you can't win with this. Like, from a fantasy standpoint, everybody, don't touch a New England back. I don't care if they're sitting there in the 14th. Just let it be. Because you might be saying, oh, well, he ended up 27th overall. Yeah, but the week you play him is the week he has three carries for seven yards. The next week when you have him on your bench is the 120 yards and two touchdowns week. You, it's, it's was, it jo- was it Jonas, Jonas Gray? Jonas Gray had, what, 170 yards and four touchdowns, and they traded him to Miami three weeks later. (laughs) He didn't – he, like, the next week barely had, like, two carries a week after. He didn't even dress. And then they traded him to Miami. It was – it's just so bizarre. Well, I'm I'm kind of hoping there's a little change uh, of the guard here in the AFC East, and I'm I'm really rooting for the Jets. I've been rooting for a while because they've been so bad for so long. But I got to say – they really did themselves some favors with this draft because Glorious. man, did they knock it out of the park? They get Sauce Gardner, uh, who inexplicably went after Derek Stingley, but good for you, Jets. They yeah, he's a Garrett dream Wilson boat. He's t- a dream boat, yeah. Sauce. Yeah, Garrett Wilson at 10 overall. Then at pick like 25, 26, they trade back in the first round because somehow Jermaine Johnson is still there. Still, Magic. it has been like three weeks since the draft ended, and I still have not found a single person who knows why Johnson felt like he did not one. We already talked about Brees Hall. It's going to probably spell the end for the ceiling that we thought Michael Carter might have Carter. Carter had 15 or 16 carries three times last year in in, during those games, 77 yards rushing, 39 yards rushing and 118 yards rushing. The 39 yard outing came against the bills. They had the number one ranked defense. That's fine. But Two, when he got the rock, he performed against, except against number one defense, but he did well. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert, tight end at 101. I think this is an interesting pick because it feels like the Jets have been trying forever to get a tight end. This offseason, they signed CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin in free agency, and then they drafted Ruckert out of Ohio State. I don't, I'm not sure he's ever going to be a star, 
but it definitely shows a dedication to the position. And Robert Salah, their head coach, came from San Francisco. They got one of the best tight ends in the game. Now, obviously, none of these guys are George Kittle, but he knows what a solid tight end can do for an offense. So um, I like it. I like all of it. The, the only I gave them an A. The only reason I can give them an A plus is waiting so long on a tackle. They got Max Mitchell late, who's what, 6'6, 307. And they're saying there's a chance they might, they'll put him anywhere. They might even play him at center if they need him to. Very, very he versatile might, guy. He might start from the get go because who knows what's going on with Makai Becton. Yep. He, apparently, he got hurt last year and just gave up on life. Boy, yeah, he they said he was over 400 pounds. Yeah. So I saw that. Who knows what that dude's going through? I mean, if he if he if he rolls into camp four oh two, then Max Mitchell might be his starting tackle, buddy. Right. Yeah. So they pretty much had everything they needed. Again, Brees Hall there at thirty six. After you already had three first round picks, that's just a luxury pick. Um, didn't make a lot of sense to us, but it does. It does, and it doesn't. Right. I mean, the value of getting him there, even though you already had Michael Carter and a couple other guys, Ty Johnson, you know, that that work in. This offense now, when you look it down at the people, we got a freaking football team. Buddy. So you know yes. Greeny, you know, Greenberg, he 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 hates every Jets draft ever. He's like the most diehard Jets guy on earth. He even says himself that this is the first he's had hope in forever, and that he thinks this may be their greatest draft they ever had. And typically he rips their drafts apart. But Greeny says he finally has hope which he's worried about because he knows they'll still probably win three right. games. But they, they this have is the a team that in two or foundation. three years, we might be looking back on this draft as in, wow. This is it. This wow. Because that's, well, wow. It's, I love it. Well, uh, another wow, and one that will probably be doing the same thing in two or three years, uh, was the Baltimore Ravens. It feels like it's another year, another dollar. It's what they do. Kyle Hamilton somehow falls to them at 14. They trade back up in the first round to get Tyler Linderbaum, the best center in the draft. David Ajabo falls to 45 because of an injury. He's a perfect, perfect fit for Baltimore. Travis Jones, D-tackle, they got at 76. He was going in numerous mock drafts in the first round. This dude had first round aspirations. Yeah, number they got two him at seventy. Yeah, six. Most Even people had tackle, him ranked at number two nose tackle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel Falele, an enormous offensive tackle. Six eight could have gone in the second round. Easy, got him in the fourth. Yeah. Now I, I don't know why they drafted two tight ends again or why they drafted another running back in Tyler Beatty, but it's kind of what they do. You know, the last time they drafted two tight ends, it was Mark Andrews was one of them, Hayden Hurst the other, so that paid off. But, man, good for you, Baltimore. You crushed it. Well, on that tight end, Kohler, he, he pretty much is an Andrews clone. He looks like him. He moves like him. Smart guy to have in there. Little injuries, have great backup. But, yeah, Hamilton to 14 from four. I mean, really? You got essentially, at least in Kuiper's rankings, the number one safety, the number one center, the number one outside linebacker, the number two nose tackle, all these guys. And it's not like they were the, I mean, they had two first round picks, but they didn't. These are guys that could have went all in the, in the first round and they got them in such great places. They got JAD from Alabama for depth at corner. Uh, you know, Peters and Humphrey coming back from injuries. You, you got that. So I gave them an A. 
because for those of you uh, that don't know, I'm obviously a diehard Ravens fan. So yeah, I want them to lose because he's a diehard Ravens fan. Oh, well, let's see, that's watch this messed up because I don't root against the Eagles just because you like them. I was giving you a hard time, buddy. No, I don't think you are. I think you got a bad attitude when it comes to the Ravens or me. So you've now got all that stuff going. Uh, they even got Tyler Beatty, fast running back from Missouri. Never know. Wow. When you lose three every preseason, it's nice to have some backup. So Tyson Williams isn't your starter in week one. So this There's was just, this was this was nice, but no A plus because the Hollywood trade. I, I would have never got this, but researching this week, I never thought this because you don't think of them really passing much, which they don't pass as much as most teams. He had 146 targets last year, 10th in the entire NFL. Well, he I was always surprised. It was week after week during the fantasy season. I would look up to see who the top receivers are and who was doing well. And Hollywood was always near the top there for the longest yeah. time. Yeah, there's a site I go to every week for the once and done league of targets, targets, nothing but targets every game for the season, constant. Yep. And when I looked at that, it was pretty consistent. It wasn't like he had a 19 and then a four. But I had no idea he was 10th in the league in targets. It, that really it blew my mind. So essentially, if they're throwing, they're throwing to him. Well, now it's Rashad Bateman. And I know Bateman's been getting on Twitter saying, believe it, people. I'm coming for everybody. I like Bateman. I want to, you know, well, I want to believe it as a Ravens fan, but as a football fan, I don't know that it's necessarily true. He's not just, I think he could be a true number one, but he's going to be a number one that has nothing else. Right now, Devin Duvernay's number two. So you don't even have a number two that's going to take any heat away from you at all. So they really have got to go out. And and I know well, guys, guys don't want to go there because they don't, they're afraid they're not going to get the rock. But they've got to push hard for a Julius Jones or an OBJ. Somebody even just just because of the name itself inspires ten percent of fear in the defense. Not legit no. fear anymore, but at least enough to help these guys develop. So something can happen. That's a lot of targets to lose. I'm not sure Julius Jones is going to get any of them though. I'm pretty <laughs> that would sure. Be cool though. I'm pretty sure he's hung it'll up. Probably, it'll probably be Julio, but. Nonetheless, hey, Julius Jones had Beasley? a couple really stellar years. I think he was going in like late first, early second rounds one or two of those years because he was putting up some serious numbers. What about Cole Beasley in the slot? Doesn't doesn't excite me. I think his best days are behind him. Okay. Um, um, plus, it seems like everybody in the NFL hates him now because of his uh, Rona stance. Well, so, yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily – I don't – I don't, I don't find that as an upgrade. I find that as having sort of an extra receivers coach on the team, which I, I wouldn't be upset with that for the right price. I'm saying, not saying don't bring him in, but somebody that can really take some heat off Bateman so that he can maybe get open once in a while. But overall, wow, another just stellar, stellar. draft. You were just angry the whole time. Players falling in my lap. Absolutely. Well, so I wanted them. <clears throat> um, Cincinnati. I don't have a whole lot for them, honestly, with their draft. I love that they got Daxton Hill at 31. I thought he's a top 15, top 20 talent uh, for them to get in there. I thought it was a steal. And they followed that up with Cam Taylor Britt, cornerback from Nebraska. Yep. He should be able to help him out, I mean, probably right away. Nathaniel probably play safety, though, and corner you, well, some, but more safety we'll than anything. Well, they got to do something about Eli Apple. He, uh, he was 
a liability is an understatement. But honestly, other than that, the only pick I really liked too much was the Gunter pick at the end. Uh, he might be able to work himself into some meaningful snaps coming off the edge for them. Yeah, he'll be a situational guy to go in there and wreck somebody. I, I gave them a B because I didn't think it was bad. I think it was great. Uh, the Actually, what I wrote for them was solid but uninspiring. That's my word lately, uninspiring. It is. The big thing, though, getting Hill, because Jesse Bates, they franchised. He's not playing. I assume you saw the team. other day. He was mentioning it before, but he refuses to sign yep. under that under that franchise deal. So, I mean, he he had an off year, but he rocked it in the playoffs. So, oh man, that that could be a, a huge hit for them. So, what do you do? You get Daxon Hill to take his place, and if for something else happens, you got Taylor Britt who can play safety or slot corner or whatever he needs to do. So, yeah. It, not exciting, but they don't have a lot of needs right now. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl, so it's not like they have a lot of glaring holes here. I mean, potentially they could have won that Super Bowl. That last pass, if he would have noticed our boy uh, Jalen Ramsey falling on his face again and Jamar Chase sprinting by him with nobody else even on that side of the field, if he would have just chucked it up there, we'd be talking about how Matt Stafford's overrated, not a first-year first uh, Hall of Famer. You might be right. Um, so we'll move on to Cleveland here. They gave up their first round pick this year and the next two plus future picks for Deshaun Watson. Now I envision Nick Casario, the GM of the Texans on the phone with the Browns uh, as Kevin Costner in draft day. Hmm. You've seen that movie, right? Yeah. But I, I understand it's the Browns, but we're, we're reversing the roles here. Nick Casario. And he's just on the phone. He said, I want your first round pick this year, your first round pick next year. And your first round pick the following year, because I feel like it. Only thing they needed to throw in there was David Putney. David Putty? Putney. Oh, That's... I thought you said David Putty from Seinfeld. No, it's David Putney, the, the, <laughs> the kick returner that Kevin Costner had to have just because he felt like it. I love it. I think I just David Putty would have been cooler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, in general, the Cleveland draft kind of confused me. Uh, I wasn't a fan of their first pick, cornerback Martin Emerson from Mississippi State, but I actually liked their next five. So I didn't like the beginning. I liked the middle. The end didn't really do anything for me. But Alex Wright, edge from UAB, was good. Purdue wide receiver David Bell. You know I love Perion Winfrey, especially at pick 108. Kicker Cade York was is nice. And Jerome Ford, running back from Cincinnati. Now, I didn't like Ford's tape very much when I watched it, but in the middle of the fifth round, for a team that loves to run the ball, plus Kareem Hunt's probably not going to be around. I think he's going to be gone next after this season. He'll be after out of this there. Year, yeah, yeah. yeah so he's going to want to start somewhere again. Yeah, and I heard that uh, Kevin Kevin Stefanski, head coach of the Browns, he told he told the the GM, the owner, he said, "Look, by the end of this draft, I have to have David Bell. Yeah, got to have him. Yeah, uh, which uh, another draft day reference. It's fitting because because this time it is the Browns, but it you know in the movie." Kevin Costner writes down Vontae Mack, no matter what, put that paper in his pocket. It's David Bell, no matter what, for the Browns. So they got their guy, and uh, they don't have Jarvis Landry anymore. I think he'll be a solid solid. Yeah, I saw that David Bell thing, and uh, I researched some more. There was one of those things, too, that they didn't mention him to anyone. They didn't mention to their own people, to anyone else, because they didn't want even one iota of that getting out and him going early next. They were pretty sure they could get him there. And obviously that worked out. I don't think Emerson's that bad. 
I know a lot of people think it's Reese, but he's a solid guy, and he's going up against yeah, SEC guys true. all season long, so he's NFL ready. I Maybe they could have went a different route there, but I, I don't know. I think it's bad. Wright's great. Winfrey and Thomas are teammates. So, so you know, that's nice. You got two guys that know how the other guy operates. I, I gave him a B plus. He was my Winfrey's my number one or two defensive tackle coming out. Okay. I love him. He's yeah, still, I mean, he's, awesome. he's good. And you got Cade York. Kickers, baby. Yes. Kickers. Yes. Number one ranked kicker coming out of LSU in the nation. And they got him there in the fifth round. Why not? Yeah. Absolutely. I love kickers. Fantasy right. stalwarts. I got uh, – no, no. Their kickers do not belong on fantasy. Oh, they're team. glorious. I'm thinking about adding yeah. two kickers to my league. Hey, and, well, see you later. Another team with a nice draft, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, they, they are the only yeah. team to jump at a quarterback in that first round. The only team to jump at a quarterback in the first or second round. Uh, they took Kenny Pickett at 20. And they actually – they even came out and they said, look, this guy was our floor quarterback. They actually used the word floor. He had the highest floor of anybody, and we think his floor, not only was it the highest of the guys coming out of the draft, we think it's just high in general. We think this guy is going to be – he's not going to fail. He's not going to be a flop. They like him, so they they got it there, and they got their guy. Uh, they also took player you love, especially George Pickens, a guy I love, DeMarvin Leal, the defensive tackle, and my guy, Calvin Austin. Um, and I know that we discussed this off air, but Kenny Pickett, I, I know he's a rookie, and a lot of folks said nobody's ready out of this class to come in and, and lead the their team. But a lot of Mr. Biscay's money is tied up in if he plays 60% of the snaps. Yeah, he so, got rooked. He got rooked. I know, man. And while we were both really rooting for Trubisky. He should fire Kenny his agent a week ago. It's not even. It's not even if if Pickett is as good as Trubisky. If Pickett's even close, they're going to play Pickett to save themselves some money, and poor Trubisky is going to get hung out the dry. I buy what you're selling a little bit, but not really, because in the NFL, the little bit of money that they actually would have to pay him if, if Trubisky is winning them games, they will gladly pay it. I mean, we're talking about billionaires. We're talking about these guys. They don't. They don't care about a few million here, a few million there if they're winning games. But that said, Pickett might be better than him already. And what if what if it's close and they don't even give Trubisky the chance? And that that I don't like. We we talked about this. I agree. We 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 think Trubisky got shafted in Chicago. He gets to go to Buffalo for a year, learn how to play the position, and then gets his chance to start, and then just gets bowled over here. So I, I gave them an A minus slash C. Because this whole draft comes on one guy. If Pickett works out, this is brilliant. If he does not, this draft isn't going to mean crap because those receivers aren't going to mean crap either. And I, you know, being a PA guy, I've looked at some of the local Pittsburgh things. There's a lot of people there that were not happy with Pickett, that they feel that the whole hometown boy thing played a little too much role when they made their final pick and that they really did not want to go that way. We're going all we can do is play the games to find out. But and as far as the receivers, I freaking adore Pickens. He's a head case, but I think he still has the potential to be the best receiver long term of any of this whole draft. And also, I'm pretty sure when we had a guy that we wanted to go to bat for, when yeah. we were talking about the pre draft, 
I'm pretty sure Calvin Austin was my the guy I was going to bat for that I thought should go higher than what he was going to. Yeah, and weeks before that, that was one of those guys, right when you started watching tape, I was like, hey, make sure when you're done your receivers and your first-round guys, make sure you check check out Calvin Austin. Oh, yeah, he's he, electric, he can move. So, but I can tell you that I, I heard for a fact George Pickens was the number one receiver on several teams' boards. Yeah, he's yeah. number one on everybody. We we have had on a previous we told he had the highest catch rate of all these number one or first round second round guys the highest cat or the yeah, highest catch rate least lowest drop rate and now we get Connor Hayward number one uh, ranked fullback as well and brother Cam Hayward so they get to play together yeah. so they, they hit it and of course under this I wrote my my blurb for the, their draft was two words in bold hate this. <laughs> Well, so as, irritating because the Steelers fan, just should. really are not for well. me. I tell you, the one thing that confused me a little bit was only two of their seven picks were on the defensive side of the ball, and they had the worst rushing defense in the league last year, yeah. which was shocking to me because I feel like as it was happening, that didn't really register to me. Um, but no they one gave a lot of they had a lot of injuries. They really did on defense, and I loved right. it. I loved. Again, you and I, we try not to root for people getting injured, but when Steelers get injured, I don't exactly cry in my beer. Well, obviously not. Well, I don't want to ruin a perfectly good beer, plus it's the Steelers. Obviously not. Plus, machines don't bleed, buddy. We don't cry. Well said. Well said. All right. Um, AFC South. I keep looking at these AFC teams keep coming up, and I keep – and this is just sort of reiterating what we talked about previously is that the AFC, I really do think as a whole, they had better drafts um, than the NFC teams because absolutely. Houston, now granted when you're Houston and you have a need at literally every position, it's not hard to have a good draft. All you have to do is just not screw it up. And I don't think that they did. They took Derek Stingley at three over sauce Gardner, which obviously we don't like, but you know what? He, he's a, still a solid player. Um, yeah, he just Kenyon shouldn't have gone at three. That's right, all. Right. He should have gone traded, at eight, nine, ten. Right. They traded back with Philly, so Philly could help him take Jordan Davis, and they ended up getting Kenyon Green, who was my favorite interior lineman in the draft. He'll they start right away. Yeah, they took Jalen Petrie at safety, who, again, another guy I love. John Mechie, receiver from Alabama and from our home – well, went to high school in our hometown, Hagerstown, Maryland. Christian Harris, linebacker, 75. He was, I think, my fifth-ranked fourth or fifth ranked linebacker love that pick and then damian pierce running back from florida now pierce wasn't used much in college but he's big strong got good balance if you told me that i mean you put money down who's going to start more games this year rex burkhead or damian pierce 100 damian pierce everything i read coming out of houston there's no way he's not going to be the starter by week five if not week one and they expect him to put up good numbers i think he's going to too He's one of We're these guys, at- these the Terrell Davis types. They go really late. A few people are high on them. Most people are like, who? And next thing you know, the dude's pro bowler. We're looking at six potential starters this year on top of every first-round pick the Browns plan to have until my four-year-old graduates from high school. Yep. it's. I don't think any other team drafted that many starters for now. <laughs> I don't think any other team had the need to draft that many starters, but they were able to do it. I mean, these guys would start on most teams – that they would have gone to. Yeah, this was a great draft. I gave him, I mean, I gave him a B. 
only because they didn't, didn't get any defensive ends anywhere. They really need to plug up the center more too. They, they, you're right. Need after need after need after need. And they're still not even sure if Davis Mills is their quarterback. So they, they got so much. And Mechie, are. No, I'm sure that he's going to be this year. I'm saying they're not sure he's the long-term answer. So you could have this great draft. But you don't In the NFL, you don't have the quarterback. You don't have anything. So next year, then they're going back to that. Uh, Mechie, yeah, he might play this year. Uh, it'll be iffy. He'll definitely start on the top. He'll play this year. Yeah, I think it's the SEC championship game where he tore it, right? So that would have been what late early December when he tore it. He tore it late November before Jamison Williams did, and Williams is coming back probably. Oh, it's way before Jamison because he Mechie tore his in the SEC championship game. That was that's way before all that playoff stuff. Yes, that was late November, early December. So yeah, he he might play. I hope. Uh, they did have the worst run game in the league last year in yards per game and yards per carry. So I think well, in Pearson, lack of seven. What's it, that? It wasn't for lack of trying. No, it wasn't. They had a lot of guys. And they actually had a couple of good games. Rex, yeah, <laughs> he lit it up a couple of times. I love that fella. Yeah, I, I like this. I, they hit needs. They they got depth. They got good players. They got good players. They did. And, and they, got, they got good value on the good players. They did. No doubt. Like well, said, I said, I gave them a B. I, I wanted to give them higher, but I, I think they've got a good start, and they're in a division that a few good players here and there, you can compete right away. There's no team that's going to run away with this division. Oh, I agree. Um, well, one of them that would like to and has the opportunity would be the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they unfortunately did not pick on day one due to the Carson Wentz trade. In my notes, I put dot, 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 LOL. One thing. I got to give the Eagles. They are really good at getting rid of quarterbacks that aren't good anymore. Wentz, Donovan McNabb, Sam Bradford. Kevin Cobb was traded to the Cardinals to be the Cardinals starter. Philly got Dominic Rogers camaraderie and a second round pick for Kevin Cobb. Sam Bradford was traded for a first round pick and a fourth round pick. McNabb was traded to the Redskins for a second and a third or a fourth. I don't know what it ended up being. It was um, ridiculous. All of those players played for a combined six years for the next team. Four players. But, I mean, Kevin Cobb technically played two years, but he was hurt. I mean, it's it's absurd. If anybody needs a quarterback, don't get it from Philly. Don't yeah. do it. Just name recognition. That's all that stuff was. But God, it works out man. great for Philly. Sort yeah, of got that. They didn't right. get a Super Bowl. Well, eventually. They, well, eventually, you're right. But overall, they um, squandered all those picks. I'm sure. I'm sure. Indy's first round, the first pick they took was at 53. And man, I, I really liked it. I thought it was a great one. Alec Pierce, wide receiver from Cincinnati, six foot three, ran a sub four four forty at six three. His game is very similar, I think, to Drake London's. Both big, fast. They got big wingspans. They can box people out. And he came at a 45-pick discount because uh, Drake London went eight overall to the Falcons. Pierce's career average depth of target, 16.9 yards. So we're talking 17 yards is where he was when he was targeted. The only player in the NFL with meaningful playing time to come close to that last year was Cortland Sutton, who had 15.4. Now they took Jelani Woods at 73, tight end, a little bit of a reach. Woods is the most athletic tight end coming out. 
He's got a lot of work to do, though. I know Frank Reich loves tight ends. He drafted another tight end to pick 192. I think 73 is a little early, though, for Woods. Uh, and I think Where they got lucky. With- Where do you think he should have went? Woods? Yeah, because I've seen this. I, I, I mean, I've just seen some things that really think uh, that he could be a game changer. I, I thought that the, perhaps, but the amount of work that is going to have to go in to him to get there. Um, I mean, even Greg Dolchich, he's a more polished player than Woods is. I'd have rather had him there. And he went, I don't know, six picks later, something like that. So there were other tight ends out there, I think, that could have gone. Uh, we talked about Ruckert earlier to the Jets. He went after that. So, but you're um, typically, other... wait, no, you're typically a floor guy. I like to be a ceiling guy. So you, you're, Correct. you wanted to go with the floor here. Well, I, I, Dolchich, I think, I don't know. I, I liked him. I mean, he's athletic as well. He's the woods is like historically athletic. Um, he's like, uh, he's got baby Mo Alley Cox. It's like Mo Alley Cox's well, little brother. Let's go that Mo Alley Cox sort of teaches him for a year and then he jumps right into the starting role. He's a TD. What would he have? A le- I think I saw 11 touchdowns in 12 games last year. Yeah, but if he's Mo Alley Cox, that's well, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Mo Alley Cox is a st- solid contributor. The guy can play. I'm not saying he's stellar, but you can take his game, his knowledge, and then put that in Jelani Woods' body. We're looking at a hell of a player. Perhaps, perhaps. That's asking a lot, though. I mean, it's a weapon, though. It's something that they 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 really want to do, get Matt Ryan some weapons, because it's something they struggled sure. with last year. So I, I can't – I'm with you. Definitely Taking tight end that early, it seems crazy, but I don't think it is. Definitely solid red zone target. Oh, no doubt. Big time. Um, now, the, I think they got lucky with Bernard Ryman in – they took him four picks after Woods. Uh, he's a tackle, could play guard. I'm not sure their incumbent left tackle, Matt Pryor, is the answer. I mean, he's basically only played if someone, the player in front of him has gotten hurt, be it in Philly or in Indy. I don't think Ryman's, uh, I don't think Raymond's the answer there either. I don't know what they're going to do at left tackle. Um, that's, that's still a hole for them for me. I wish they would have addressed it earlier in the draft. Yeah. but And it's a shame um, when you have a statue for your starting quarterback. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not ideal, that's for sure. Uh, so yeah, yeah, so I thought Rams good July Woods. One other thing with Woods, I don't know if you found this when you researched it all. Coming out of high school, did, did you know the other position he played? He was a top no, was... 25 recruit in the country at quarterback. It's usually quarterback whenever. Yeah, it usually is, but he was in the top 25. Like Lane Johnson. Yeah, it's just nuts. Um, but our boy Nick Cross went to Maryland. It's 4 3 4 uh, 40. I was going to ask you what you thought. He's going to play. He's fast and he's a ball hawk. He's good. Struggles a bit with coverage, oddly, because with him so fast. But he's not going to be forced to be covering a lot of these star receivers one on one. They're saying that they there's a real chance he'll be starting right off the bat. But yeah. when you can add that much speed to the back of your defense, that can help everything in front of it. Uh, but man, they got Pittman, Pierce, Campbell. Now they got well, and you Campbell. you've probably seen all the stuff with Pierce that they're saying coming that they're saying out of the out of camp that he's just oh, yeah. unstoppable right now in the end zone. Like nobody, so he, and he even said, "I've got this huge catch radius there. Just throw yeah. it up. I'm going to catch it." 
Well, he's the only receiver in college football to catch a touchdown on Sauce Gardner because he did it in practice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think a lot of people, a lot of people think Pierce would have went earlier. A lot of people think he should have went later. Mm, I like I him think, a lot. I think this could be a steal for them. It could yes, really open up the off, especially in the red zone, because they really, I mean, part of it was Wentz last year. He's trash, but I, I gave this a B overall. Not yeah. super stellar, but certainly not bad. They met some needs. I, I liked it. Slightly Uninspiring advanced. is my word again. Uninspiring yet solid. Hey. Well, there's Did no you? big name in there. There's no name in there that any of us are thinking like, oh, that guy. Wow. Great. Right. I mean, what? No. What, wow. Okay. I was going to say no one fell to them, but people did fall. They just chose not to take them. Well, true. Um, last one for the AFC South. No, we no. have two more. No, we got two more. You're right, Jacksonville and Tennessee. So Jacksonville is next up. They gambled right off the bat with Trayvon Walker, first overall Brilliant. pick, and they gamble. It it still makes no sense. Uh, I do think that they rebounded a little bit by trading up for Devin Lloyd. Absolutely. Seven. I mean, this guy is the best linebacker in the draft. Love, love, love the pick. They also fortified the interior of their O-line. They had Brandon Linder retired for them. So yep. they took Luke Fortner. And then they said, you know what? We're not happy with our linebacking room yet. So we're going to take Chad Mumal, another top five, top six um, linebacker in the draft. Now, Mumal, he's not going to start right away. They um, Free agent, they added Foyer Alucan. Olukan, not sure about that last name there, but uh, he, he came from Atlanta, hit 191 total tackles last year. Yeah, he was a beast. So, I know. So I don't know where Mumal is going to fit in right right away. Obviously, Special Devin Lloyd's going to start. Oh, for sure, 100%. But as far as defense goes, he might need an injury to get in there. Yeah, I gave this a C-plus because the Walker thing we've discussed ad nauseum. Just – I don't want to. What? So Devin Lloyd, goy, that was great. Yeah, you're right. And then Fordner's going to start probably right away. And then Moomaw, this is how I would describe that pick. Because I love the dude, but a luxury pick for a team who cannot afford any luxury. It makes no sense. At pick 70, there were so many players out there that fit immediate needs. Guys that you could plug into a starting role now. But no, we're going to pick a third inside linebacker so he can play special teams for a couple years. How about, how about Travis I, I don't get it when you have so many needs. Again, this is a team that's terrible. Why are you taking luxury picks at pick 70? How about Travis Jones, man? I'd rather have him there. The yeah, Marvin Leal. I, this doesn't make any sense. Line. This makes no sense. It, it's like they can't get out of the way of themselves. Again, Even Jalen Colbert. You throw a wide receiver out there. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm blown away. I, I don't get that. So other, I think I, I could have put them up to a B with a decent pick there. But and again, don't get me wrong, Chad Mumaw. I think he could be a player. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's going to sit and play primarily special teams for two to three years. Yep. All right. All right. Now we're in the last team of the AFC South, uh, the Tennessee Titans. They traded away AJ Brown to Philadelphia and took one of their first round picks and they drafted Traylon Burks, my number one receiver uh, coming out. Love that guy. That's exactly what San Francisco should have done with Debo. Uh, but you snooze, you lose. Then they took Roger McCreary with a third pick of the second round. He's a corner from Auburn. 
I think NFL folks liked him more than me. He's pretty small. He's got short arms, uh, but he did play well against SEC competition. So he's definitely got that feather That's in his it. cap. Right. And then the Titans. And that gets who, everybody up like 10, 10 to 15 picks because you play in the it, SEC. It does. You're right. Then they take Malik Willis at 86, the quarterback. Um, do you think, before we move on to a, a pick that I kind of intrigues me a little bit, do you think Tannehill, Brian Tannehill, coming out and saying it's not his job to mentor Willis? Yeah, that's a big deal. I think we briefly discussed this. I think it's a crock because if you read the entire excerpt, it's not what he said. They asked him this, this, that, what his job is, and this. He said, well, it's my job to compete, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not my job to mentor him. But we'll be in the same room. We'll be in the same meeting. So I'm sure he's going to learn a lot from me, and I'll be helping him out some, blah, 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 blah. But they make they take this one little thing and make it seem like, screw that guy. I'm going to bury him. That's just not what he said. Not even, and then so many of his teammates, Tannehill, come out and say, this is not even close to what Tannehill is. He's like an extra coach in the building. He helps everybody at every position. So I would think it was a big deal if it was accurate. But since the press has to get clicks again, it's a, just a crock of, you know the word. I hear you. Um, you got me fired up there, brother, because that's yeah, I love such it. A, no, I knew such I knew a crock. And you I knew it. I was going to go a little crazy. Seats. You knew it, I know. what was coming. I, I, I hate the press and how yes. they just warp everything. It, even football now, we can't even have our sports anymore without this crap. Yeah, I know. Deep breaths. Slow we can have inhale, a whole podcast on <laughs> how much I hate the media and sports. So Hassan Haskins, give me three words to describe him. Um, no, he intrigues me, man. He's big. He's 6'2", 230 pounds, running back from Michigan. He was productive, too. 1,300 yards, 20 touchdowns, and 14 starts. He won't play unless or maybe until no. Derrick Henry goes down. Uh, yeah, um, I know, but I've read a couple things that he's – he's going to probably start the season legit as the number two and that they well, might start backing off Henry's workload just maybe, a little bit. Maybe. I mean, cause if, if now, if Henry does go down, cause they still have Dontrell Hilliard there they do. Um, who has, who has a role and Deontay Foreman, when Henry did go down last year, Foreman averaged about 15 carries a game. I think that'd be easily done for, for Haskins uh, and a player that I really like, and I'm kicking myself for not doing more research pre-draft on him is Kyle Phillips, first-team mm-hmm. All-Pac-12 wide receiver. They got him in the fifth round of pick 163. They 163. Did. This guy has Hunter Renfro written all over him. Yep. He's not big. He's not fast. He's just good at football. I mean, Hunter Renfro, it, you look at this dude, and it looks like he should be wearing white New Balances, grilling hot dogs in the backyard in his white picket fence. But he's a great route what does running that even mean? wide receiver. Have, have you seen the what, guy? He looks what, like, like a 23-year-old guy does that. What does that even mean? Look at it. He doesn't look like he's 23. That's my point. Looks but like he should have on white new bounces and grill Yeah, that's what dads do. Don't you know what dads do? You heard that. You got your white I'm, new bounces. Little green from I've the grass. I've never owned new bounces in my life, but I do like to grill. Well. Your analogies whatever. sometimes are so odd, but we still love you. Of the like dude can play. He's going to be a slot nightmare. Awesome. Slot He's nightmare. Great. Yeah, I love it. And a Conquell, Maryland boy. They're saying he's a John o. Smith straight up clone. Well, 
I don't know if that's a good thing. Dunn was really only good one year as far as fantasy. Well, he got hurt, but as far as fantasy, yeah, he had too many injuries. But when he's on the field, that dude could – he could play. The when? worst thing he could ever do is that he went to New England. That was stupid. Burks. Have you seen these reports about Burks? I, he's a little – it takes it takes a couple days to get in football shape, okay? Leave this guy alone. But I think he's it's – no, I love Burks, same as you do. He's in my top five guys too. But it, it's always concerning anytime when a guy goes in his first rookie camp and he can't breathe for more than 20 minutes, and then he comes out the next day and it turns out it wasn't just a bad off day. He's just is so out of shape. It makes you just wonder just for a second about the work ethic because you know – you know what you're getting into. You know you're going in the first round of the NFL draft. Why would you allow yourself in a matter of months to get that far out of shape? The team has to immediately be wondering, looking at each other like, uh-oh. But I hope he- not because the dude can play, and I want to see him crush the NFL for years. But, man, that to me, man, that's, that's the beginnings of a tiny little red flag going up right away. But back to Malik Willis, this could be the steal of the whole draft. This is one of those ones in 10 years we might be looking back and, like, look at all the teams that passed on this guy. Again, again, in four years, he might be out of the league. But, but man, I mean, this, how he they, fell they to 86. With uh, Steve McNeil, comps, they love it. Yeah, just uh, how he fell to 86, I, I, it's beyond me. I, you had him going two. Yeah. Two. It's I I just don't understand it. But man, I gave them an A minus because I think they met a lot of needs. And and then they just had Malik Willis just drop into their lap. Good for that. I I don't know who the front runner. I I would still give them the front runner for that division, but I think the other teams are gonna start winning more. I don't think it's just gonna be a walk in the park like it has been the last two years. I agree. I think I definitely think Jacksonville's improving. Well, they got rid of Urban Meyer, so they have to improve. You know, that, that immediate, that was a big step. Wow. Has there ever been anybody more Houston, just overwhelmed by a job than him? Now, that would get me fired up. So, let's move on to the AFC West. The Denver Broncos, they gave up their first, second, and fifth-round pick this year, along with quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, and defensive lineman Shelby Harris for Russell Wilson. Even though they didn't have early picks, I like what they did with their first two at 64 and 80. They got Nick Benito, Edge from Oklahoma, and Greg Dolchich, which I had mentioned earlier, tight end from UCLA. Benito had, I believe, a better win rate percentage than Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I think I remember hearing that. If it wasn't better than Aiden Hutchinson, it was right behind him. So they were comparable in how often they beat the player they were playing against. Uh, Dolchich obviously feels a need vacated by Noah Fant head to Seattle. I know they have Albert O there, but I'm not sold that he's, he's the guy. Nobody Luke, is. Right. Luke Wattenberg, who they took all the way down at 171, could actually compete to be the starting center. Uh, but outside of that, most of these guys are really depth slash special teams pieces uh, that Denver hopes is going to develop into contributors. Right. I gave these guys a B because they, they hit the things that they wanted to get right off the bat. And they got their huh. QB. And Mathis runs a four three nine, so he's fast. And then you get Russell Wilson as part of all this. They're a solid team. I, I think you think higher on them as a team than I do. I still, I, I honestly think they're going to come in last in the division. 
but so they might wild. be 10 and seven. Wild. They, they might be 10 and seven and win the division. They might be 10 and seven and be fourth in the division. Right. But I, I would put my house on the fact that the winner of that division will be more than 10 and better than 10 and seven. I hear it. Um, next up, Kansas City. I think, I think they kind of crushed it. Yes. I think they, yes. I think they kind of crushed it. Yes. They traded up for McDuffie, which on the outside, I'm not sure, made a lot of sense. But if you're not a Kyir Elam guy, then there probably was a decent drop off between McDuffie and Elam or whoever else you had next. Um, but they took our guy, George Karloftis. Man, he's awesome. All he cares about is football, and it just he. I, I, I think heard all he already, cares about is the football, dude. They they've the already football. had to tell he him. He just wants it. They already had to tell him to tone it down in practice. <laughs> he's already, he's already got. Oh, he is the man in Kansas City because he tries too hard in practice. It's I've got crazy. I got to get a Karloftis jersey. Oh, me and you both, man. Uh, and then, oh, gosh, Sky Moore fifty four crazy i'm pretty sure this is a second the second round pick they got from miami uh in the tyreek hill trade but i'm telling you what man is there a better match made in heaven than sky Moore and nope. patrick mahomes nope. and andy reed the best fit in this entire draft the one the guy that draft. fell into the most perfect spot you could fall yes. into that's mm, i love it i love everything about it uh, and then they took brian cook safety from cincinnati I don't know that he's going to come right in for Tyron Matthews' spot. No, maybe. no, Reed will. Justin Reed will have that, but he's going to learn from Justin Reed and be a great backup. Uh, they also talk Leo. They also took linebacker Leo Chanel, which I like from Wisconsin, and then they took they got Darian Kennard, offensive tackle from Kentucky. Yep. I thought he was a top sixty-ish player, and they got him at one forty-five. They got Josh Williams, Jalen Watson, six-three and six-two, big tall corners to cover all that madness a bevy of amazing tall receivers in that division Devonte adams Cortland sutton mike yeah. williams right and, and a lot of people know gabe reed a lot of crap for the tyree trade but man look at their starters now mahomes ceh they got ronald jones most people don't even they, that was sort of an afterthought in the offseason yep. they got juju mvs sky Moore, kelsey still you can I make the argument as far as depth goes that's a better lineup than they had last year uh, uh, well, I'm, well, after Tyreek Hill, it's nobody. Byron Pringle and yeah, there was nothing last year. They've got a legit everything now. I, I, oh, I don't know. They have a legit number one receiver. I guess. I mean, I think Sky Moore is going to be their legit number one. But Juju uh, is like three years removed from 110 receptions or something. MVS, yeah, MVS drops three many years. Balls, feels like a long time. But hopefully, he'll catch the ball a little bit more than. He did for Rodgers. He didn't have many drops last year. I think he had what? I think I saw something. He only had like one or two drops last year. I don't know. He or usually he'd have that, you know, by halftime. I'm just saying it. The Tyreek thing, losing Tyreek Hill, nobody could ever say that's not going to hurt your offense. You'd be a fool to think that. But they got a lot of pieces here, dude, and they made their defense stronger. You got McDuffie, Karloftis. I mean, you got these tall corners that are going to go in there when they need them. Chanel behind he'll be playing behind Jermaine Carter. It's just I don't know. I, I think they really you you hit it. They they hit the nail on the head, the jackpot. I gave them an A. They're right back in it. I mean, it's not like 
you thought maybe they wouldn't be after losing Tyreek Hill, but they. So this is more right going back to again to Andy. We had a discussion a few weeks ago. Andy Reid, through the years now, has learned to adjust. He saw the writing on the wall. He's like, okay, this was good for four years, but this is about to fall apart, drop off a cliff. Let's blow the whole thing up for the most part, start over. And this was just, I mean, it's amazing for people who hate the Chiefs. Keep on hating because you got four or five more years now to deal with this before they do it again. Well, what amazed me even more is our next team. Uh, and they did not have as good of a draft as Kansas City, but I'll, I'll get to what I mean in a minute because I feel like we've done this dance before uh, where a team gave up their first and second round picks to acquire a superstar. Here we are again, Vegas sending their picks to Green Bay for Devontae Adams. And the reason this draft was interesting to me is because, frankly, I don't think the Raiders screwed it up, which is shocking because that's that's what they do. I saw a stat where 97 of the 106 players – from the first three rounds of the 2020 draft are still on their drafted team of the nine that aren't on their drafted team. Five are from the Raiders. Yeah. You had a bunch of fools drafting. Right. A guy who was basically just an announcer on ESPN for 20 years. And another guy who the game passed him by 20 years ago and refused, refused to adapt one iota. Wow. And gone. So their first picks at number 90, Dylan Parham, uh, he could play guard or center, which yep. definitely filled a need for them. Uh, and then after not exercising Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option, they drafted running back Zamir White from Georgia. And I think they got a good deal getting him in the fourth round. It was brilliant. I, brilliant. Okay. All right. Um, hit on that here in just a minute because four picks later, they took Neil Farrell at 126 who I know a lot of NFL guys really like. Uh, mm-hmm. NFL Films' Greg Cassell, who's been breaking down film for 40 years. I listened to him go on a rant about how much he loved this Neil Farrell fellow from LSU. He so. looks like a, a bottomable snowman or like a Yeti or Sasquatch. He is just straight ignore. He's one of those guys that I think you would meet in person. You know he's huge, but when you actually meet him, you just be like, what is this thing? Monstrosity. That's how like, big that guy looks on tape. I can't imagine what he must look like in person. He's just enormous. It's like seeing a, a picture of Fletcher Cox, who's like 6'3", 320, standing next to Jordan Davis, and Fletcher Cox looks like a normal dude. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then you, they got Matthew Butler as well. Uh, another running back, Britton Brown. They now have Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Zamir White, Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah, Britton Brown. And from the University of Texas, San Antonio, Mr. Sincere McCormick, who they expect to make the team. The guy had, like, I, I didn't write down all his numbers. Apparently, he just had these sick numbers last year, like 12 touchdowns, 1,600 yards. The guy's just amazing that they're expecting to make the team special teams. So do we want to touch the Zamir White thing now? Because my Raiders buddy gave me – read me like everything in the book oh he gave it all to me what what he thinks about this pick let's let's hear it Jameer White he loved it and he convinced I liked it but he convinced me to love it too so Josh McDaniels is there so now it's going to be the New England playbook we're going to have four or five running backs you're never going to know which is which Josh Jacobs though he did well at the end of last year when those other jokers were going 
get paid way too much. They didn't exercise his fifth year. He's going to be going. They don't want to pay him. Kenyon Drake, he'll be lucky if he makes the team this year because of how much they're paying him. So why pay so much money to backs that you're never going to use? So immediately, Zamir White, is, he's like, oh, he's, you can make the case he's going to be the de facto starter, if not partway through this year if they get rid of Jacobs earlier, but the next year. And then they'll run Bolden, Abdullah, Britton Brown. All these guys are going to rotate over and over all on these minimal little contracts, and you can spend all that money for your needs because why spend money on a guy that's only going to see the playing field 30% of the time anyway? So he that's like his favorite pick of like the last 10 years for the Raiders. Nice. And he's so happy, and he's so happy that Gruden's going and Mayock's going, and now you got our, our Fresno State boys together. These guys could do some damage. So I gave him a B minus overall for just the draft because they hit some things, but other things they really needed better offensive tackle help. But when you throw in the trade, absolute hundred percent an A, big giant A. They these guys are like you said for Denver, they could come in first, they could come in last. They really, I really believe that. I think I told you the other day that this team, this this division, literally the last place team could be ten and a seven. I mean, when does that happen in the NFL? That's not often, my friend. No, if, if ever. This is going to be a wild ride in the, in the AFC West. Yeah, they're all going to because be on each other. Who I'm going to talk about right now might be the best team in the AFC West after talking up those other three teams. But uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, they started with taking Zion Johnson guard at 17. Uh, he was one of my favorite players in the draft. And they took another guard, Jamari Salier, at 195. He's from Georgia, obviously. Uh, so really going out of their way to protect Herbert unbelievably smart got to keep him um up upright they took jt woods safety from baylor he's got good ball skills he's got track star speed and uh, he should be a great compliment to derwin james get derwin james down the box let him blitz some more do his thing isaiah spiller who they took you know i feel like we're always shocked oh the Chargers took a running back but they have eckler and this and that dude if you've been paying attention the chargers have been dying for a between the tackles compliment to Eckler. They've drafted five running backs in the last five years and they've just keep, they keep missing Josh Kelly, not the answer. Justin Jackson, not the answer. Larry Roundtree, not the answer. Spiller might just be the answer. He might finally be that guy that really gets in Eckler's way as far as fantasy goes. Real football. Great pick. Plus they got him in the fourth round, blue in the fourth round. Oh yeah. Uh, and then yeah. another one for me was wake forest corner, Jasir Taylor. Because simply because he might come in and start as their slot corner right off the bat. Yeah, he might. I actually have that written down. If there's a really good chance, he'll be a starter right off the bat. You know, an interesting pick was number 260, Xander Horvath. I read a thing out of there that they've been working him a little bit of just running, being like an all-stop, getting the ball in the one-yard line. He's our goal line back, throw him in there, which football-wise, brilliant. For Eckler-wise, not brilliant. Pull your hair out. Yeah, let him do all the work and then give the six points to this guy. Um, but, yeah, Spiller there, Wood Johnson. This is just a really solid draft. I gave him an A. Um, solid team, man. The, um, they're, a lot of things I'm, up and up. I'm, I'm reading said they really need to still get a right tackle. Yeah, and they got Camille, Camille Mack for a second rounder. Yes. I think we talked during the week. If he's like 75% of what he used to be, that's a steal. 
but you're yeah. one right tackle away from being this, maybe a Super Bowl front runner. Yeah, so why can't now? Listen, I don't know how you're going to shuffle everything, but you got Zion Johnson. He's played now after going to the Senior Bowl and practicing at center. He's played every position on the front. You could put Zion Johnson right tackle if you really wanted to. Could. Yeah, I don't know what their plans are. You know, well, nobody does, and they probably. I would imagine right now they're looking at things I've seen. It said they're pretty much just standing pat with what they got. They'll look at some of these needs next year because uh, there's not a lot out there really to fill what they need. But man, this is a team that it gels a li- even a little bit. Look out! Yes, they they might not only see the scores forty five points a game, and in any given week their defense might throw up a shutout. Probably not against these other AFC West teams, but some of the weaker offenses in a league. This is a formidable defense now. I'm really excited to break this team down in the coming weeks whenever we get closer to the season. Yeah. We, we hit on the Chargers. I'm really excited about it. Uh, so that yeah, wraps it up as far as the draft picks go. The last thing I have, um, a little interesting thing I heard on the radio, was that over, over I don't know if it's the last few years, it was, it was a significant chunk of ch- chunk of time. Um, but the top two groups from the draft that developed into pro bowlers were first and second round picks. Duh, right? No surprise. But the next biggest group of players to um, develop into pro bowlers, undrafted free agents. How yeah. about that? Um, and here's a few that I uh, wrote down just uh, that stuck out to me. Atlanta took Tyler Vrabel, offensive tackle from Boston College. Might sound familiar because his father is the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel. The Rams took the kicker, Cameron Dicker, from Texas. Um, He has a career long of 57 yards field goal. He kicked for four years, plus the dude can punt. Plus he's a kicker and his name's Dicker, which is a lot of fun. The Bears signed 20 undrafted free agents. I'm not sure what the record is, but – 20 feels like a lot. The Saints took a safe, or they signed a safety. His name is Smoke Monday. It might be the coolest nice. name in that. Smoke Monday. That. Uh, yeah, the Eagles took, and I'm I'm sure you love this one. They they uh, signed Carson Strong. They also oh, signed yes. Josh Job. Yeah, they took Strong and they I took remember Josh I texted Job. you that when I first saw it. Yeah. yeah. Um, cornerback from Alabama, Josh Job. So again, here's a guy that, you know, we don't know what he's going to be, if he's going to be anything, he might not even make the team but he went against some pretty stiff competition in the SEC. And then lastly, the Bills took Jalen Weidermeyer, who was a tight end from Texas A&M, I believe it was. But he entered this past season as a first-round prospect, going into the season, first-round prospect. But he was way too inconsistent, way too many drops, needs to improve his blocking. But he's got the traits. He wouldn't have even been in the first-round conversation ever if he didn't have the traits. So that could be interesting to see how that one plays out. Two quick things. I got to give a shout out to uh, Forrest Ryan, linebacker from Villanova, who is a UDFA with the Colts. He is from the town that I currently live in, Waynesboro, PA, and you used to live in. So that's pretty cool when a hometown boy uh, ends up on an NFL team. And back to Carson Strong. If I were the Eagles, I would get rid of Gardner Minshew yesterday. Get everything you can for him now. Because if he doesn't win the number two job, you've now lost draft stock in him. And I would get rid of him now. Why? His name is still relatively hot. The stash is rocking. And get what you can. Because it might be a third rounder today. It might be a seventh rounder in August. Minshew's the new Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
He you is. just can't not love him. You can't. And, and he he's going to go everywhere, and he's going to have relative school. success. He's not going to win a Super Bowl, but he's going to have relative success everywhere he goes. And then that coach will crap on him. He'll go somewhere else. He'll do the same thing. They'll crap on Fans him. Fans will love him. And everywhere he leaves, the guy that comes in will suck. And they'll wish they never got rid of him. But in this case, I get rid of him because you don't leave. He's not replacing Hurts. Strong is going to be a, a solid, might never get to be a starter, but I think he should. Guy in the league, get rid of Minshew now. You've got the name recognition. Make this all season even stronger for you and your boys. Uh, uh, I mean, that's the smart move. I really like Minshew. We love um, him. But that, I know, but that is but, the, probably him, the smart move. Yeah, him carrying a clipboard is not going to help you. Getting some nice picks for him next year could, or or even a player that fits a need, fits a hole right now. All right, folks. Well, that's going to wrap it up the sixth episode of the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. Thank you for listening. Our tunes are by Flatline. Make sure you check us out on Spotify, YouTube, like us, subscribe, follow, get us on Facebook and Twitter at GYBR underscore podcast. That's at G-Y-B-R underscore podcast. Thanks again. He's Kevin. I'm Bobby. See you next week. We'll see you.